Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, your host. Talk Money is dedicated to assist you in this confusing, I don't know, financial world where we're exposed to more information than we've ever been exposed to before. The next hour, we're going to serve as a, we're going to kind of put it out there as instruction to assist you in developing your financial roadmap in order to achieve, I think, your financial dreams and desires. That's the purpose of the program. It's all about giving you direction on how to make financial decisions about health care, stocks, bonds, insurance. You know, we really are focused on talking about everything financial. Our guests bring insights, their insights, and their perspectives to help you avoid making those emotionally driven decisions. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You get kind of caught up. You don't really know what to do. Well, that's what our guests try to do. We discuss quality products and ways to make selections of which product is best for you and your family. Talk Money is providing you information, education, and we hope some entertainment this great morning we're looking at. We believe it's not just about the plan. It's about results. Here's some information that you might find interesting this morning. Market volatility. You heard it. You saw it. You experienced it. Was it a bad thing? Well, consumer spending appears to be solid, despite all the high-profile hearing you know problems we're seeing with department stores. Walmart still posted a first-quarter up number, and uh, even though you look at what happened at the White House this past week, the firing of Mr. James Comey, that continues to plague the White House. I mean, it's just news. It's just noise. And uh, that's one of the things we're going to try to help you get through. Also, are you looking for a job? According to a recent information from the Associated Builders and Contractors with the growing number of new construction. Did you hear what I said? New construction projects nationwide. There's a labor shortage of over 500,000 workers. That's electricians, carpenters. Plumbers, the recession put a lot of those people out of business, and we find that we've got a 500,000 nationwide shortage of that type of work. Well, the first half of the program today is about health care. You've been listening and reading about the $880 billion, that's with a B, cut in Medicaid, and you may be concerned. Well, my guest today is a frequent, highly respected, and requested guest. He's the Vice President of Shoemaker Benefits, Shannon Dyson, and we're going to discuss that $880 billion cut. He's going to talk about health care reform and what's happening and what can we expect for the summer. In the second half of the program, Scott Jordan and Keith Quinn are both notable contributors to the program. We'll discuss how do you design and construct a portfolio to help you get past the noise that we hear in the media, especially like what we saw this past week. Did the Trump issues really drive the market down this week, or is it just noise. That's what we're going to find out. Stay with us. It promises to be interesting. It promises to be entertaining. Most of all, I think it's going to be educational. That's what we're trying to do. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We'll be right back after this. 
podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Jim Shoemaker, Keith Quinn, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. Just to remind you, Talk Money is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate, planning for all generations. We thank the Bailey Law Firm for being a part of the program. Uh, My guest today, Scott Jordan, Keith Quinn, second half of the program. But uh, right now, we're going to step into kind of this maze of the world that (laughs) actually this individual has built a tremendous career around understanding the Affordable Care Act. Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Benefits. Shannon, welcome to the program, a subject that you absolutely know a lot about. Thank you for having me back. And yes, I I, uh, don't know why, but uh, this interests me. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I I still like the comment you made to me that when you were listening to it one night, you were hollering at the television and your wife, Jill, finally says, what are you hollering at? C-SPAN. I'm I'm hollering at (laughs) C-SPAN. It makes a lot of sense. I get it. But you know, here's the thing. I mean, we you know, you, you talk about Republican House, Republican Senate control. You talk about a president in the in the in the White House, a Republican. So finally, the Republicans, let's just say the House, right. passed a bill to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Now, I know let, let's let's look at it from a standpoint of what we're trying to explain to everybody and, and give them a big. Let's look at the big thirty thousand foot view first and foremost, and then I want to get into the weeds a little bit about how is it really going to affect us if. If, big if, because it's got to go to the Senate, sure. and they've already said they're sharpening their pencils. It uh, it does appear, though, and I have to say this, it does appear that they are at least going to go through this systematically, methodically. Uh, they're not going to ram it down anybody's throat, and I think that is different than what happened nine years ago. Yeah, and the— you, Or seven, eight years ago. You used the word twice, noise, uh, in the opening monologue, and I think that what we're hearing right now is a lot of noise. A lot of noise. Uh, the bill that was passed uh, by the House, uh, this could completely change uh, by the end of the summer when the Senate com- completely finished. They could completely rewrite the bill. Uh, we could be talking about something completely different. I think there are some several provisions within the House bill— uh, that will continue. There are things that the Republicans have been talking about on and off for the last seven years. Right. So those things are not going to change. Uh, and we'll go over some of those today. But I think right now there's a lot of um, a lot of hyperbole. There are a lot of things in the news that people are just, you know, they need to sell newspapers and they, they need to get some viewership. <laughs> well, so, since you mentioned newspapers, this past Tuesday, there was a picture on the front page of the USA Today of a child in Arizona at the Arizona Children's Hospital I mean, it was it was dramatic. Parents are standing there looking at the child. The child is turned and looking right at the camera. Very well done. 
And underneath it was, you know, the, the whole article was about this particular child under the House plan that has now moved to the Senate. This child would be basically the, all the uh, care, the health care, would go away because they're talking about the $880 billion cut in Medicaid. This is a perfect example. You know, there's they're talking about basically restructuring how Medicaid is done. Mm. Yes, that will mean an $880 billion cut to Medicaid. We could also look at that as savings from the federal government on, on their spending problem. But that does not necessarily mean that all of our children are going to be suffering. Or there's another article in the USA Today that said they're going to have decaying teeth now because of the cuts, cuts. in Medicaid. Cuts do not mean less care necessarily. Uh, what, the, what the bill is talking about doing is offering a block grant to each state. So currently, the federal government comes in and covers at least half of Medicaid spending with all states. Some states, they cover more. Uh, Mississippi is a good example. They cover 70% of Medicaid spending uh, for the state of Mississippi. What the, this new bill says, is we're going to look at what has been spent in these states on Medicaid from the state and the federal government, and we're going to send that to the states in the form of a block grant. Now, explain block grant, and let's make sure everybody understands Medicaid is for that person who does not have the ability to, they don't have any enough assets to pay for insurance. Right, so, so this poor, is someone disabled. Comes, right, poor, disabled, the, you know, and, and it is very much needed in our country. So it's, let's Correct. just say we're just doing away with it, but they're talking about the $880 billion. Now, block grants, explain Yeah, so that. a block grant is going to be sent to each state based on what they spent in Medicaid dollars last year. There will also be some uh, increases for inflation over for every year after after that. So they are going to be increasing that number for inflation. And what they're saying is, okay, state of Tennessee, be creative in how you spend your dollars. You, the way that your uh, residents need health care could be completely different than the way that the people in Wyoming right. need health care. So we're going to leave it up to the states to determine how they run their own Medicaid program. Let me ask you this, and you've been in this business a long time. You've been around this business most of your life. So now, if a state has the ability to make those decisions for their people in that state, their residents in that state, that seems to me to be a no-brainer. That's better than somebody in Washington dictating how it's treated. Now, is it, do we have a tendency for some states to do better for their residents than others? You see, what, what I think that's what we, we need to think about. You know, when we had uh, uh, Governor Haslam right. last year, right. there was a big thing in the Affordable Care Act that if you had your own exchange, you were going to get some extra Medicaid dollars for Medicaid expansion. Right. Tennessee was one of the states that said, no, we're not going to expand Medicaid. And he had some good reasons for not. Uh, but last year, he said, Maybe we should think about some Medicaid expansion, not doing it the conventional way, but let's have some health savings accounts opened up for our for our residents. Let's do let's do Medicaid in a different way. Well, the state legislature said no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. The people the people did not want that. And so when we when we say it's brought back to the states, the people that live in those states still have a say in how their Medicaid dollars are going to be spent because they elect their state representatives and their state senators. So it's it's basically just moving it back to the state to let them make their own decisions. And if those governors or if those state legislatures make bad decisions, they'll be gone. <laughs> they'll, be gone. they'll be voted out. And, you know, that does put it back where in the grassroots, in the communities where people are making decisions. And I know there's probably I can mount arguments that's not good or I can mount arguments that's the way to do it. I'm a believer that we should try to manage it close to home first. Right. 
And that's what you're saying the block grants is to do. Exactly. And so when you, when you have something the way that we run the system today, if you're not happy with how the Medicaid system is run today in Tennessee, well, the federal government is pretty much in control of how that Medicaid system is running. So, yes, you can put a, a program together, try to get people together to vote out your state senator, where there's only two for the state, or your local congressman. But it's a lot more representative of a state when the state is actually in control and you have more say in what you do. It makes a lot of sense. Give us the overview. What are the main points of this new bill? I mean, let's uh, make sure everybody gets a host of that. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Shannon Dyson. He is the vice president of Shoemaker Benefits and uh, always does a great job for us, frequent guest of ours, because he really does focus on the Affordable Care Act, and he is in constant demand to talk to people. If you want to know more about it, just give him a call at the office at 757-5757. He'd come talk to you about what's going on, how to make decisions, how to keep it being so confusing, because believe it or not, he can explain it to me, and that's pretty good. That's a that's a big step, and uh, I'll take that. Don't go there, you know, guys. That's enough. But the reality is, uh, Shannon, you do a great job with it. But give us the the thirty thousand foot. The headline of the front page news is that the mandate is gone. So the insurance mandate, uh, the the mandate in the Affordable Care Act that requires every U.S. citizen to have health insurance coverage, that's gone. Um, and I think that's the main piece of this legislation. This is okay. You are no longer going to be taxed for not having health insurance. Um, and that was that was the one thing that, you know, went back and forth back in 2010 when this bill was right. passed. Is it even, is it right to be able to require people to have health right. insurance? And so that, that would be gone. Uh, the other thing is pre-existing conditions. And this is where the noise kicks in because there's a lot of noise around pre-existing conditions. And if you read uh, the papers, or if you listen to certain news stations, you're going to hear that the new bill completely disallows pre-existing conditions. And if you have a pre-existing condition, you're in trouble. You're going to lose health insurance coverage, and, and God well, help you. And by the way, that's the problem. You read that, yeah. that's the noise. And, right. I mean, my goodness, you would be concerned about that. If you're a diabetic or, or a heart patient or cancer patient, Absolutely. all those things. And now you're sitting there going, oh, my goodness. And most of us are affected, somebody in our family whether it's the, the you know the right the next door family right there in your home or the extended family, somebody's sure. affected by that. Absolutely, and I think the main thing to know about this bill, the way that it's written today, and I think this will continue through the the Senate version, pre-existing conditions are covered. Uh, their insurance is still guarantee issue. You are still not having to answer health questions to get coverage. Uh, as long as you keep health insurance coverage and you do not have a lapse in coverage of more than 63 days, you'll never be rated up for a pre-existing condition. You'll never be denied for a pre-existing condition. The only time that the higher premiums kick in is when you go without coverage for more than 63 days. If you go without coverage for that period of time, when you go back into the market, you'll have a 30% penalty. Automatically. Automatically. Now, Automatically. Let's, let's put that in perspective and, and what we see all the time. And why that's so important, because we know there's insurance companies that have had to basically get out of, of states. Yes. I mean, I yes. think you were talking about Iowa. A, yeah, Iowa's yeah, got the, one insurer. And they may have zero. They may have zero. Yeah. I mean, there, there's an issue where yeah. this preconditioning thing, well, precondition was, I could go with, you know, say I had to have insurance, but I didn't do it or whatever. And then all of a sudden I find out that I do have a, I'm a diabetic or right. I've got a cancer problem. Right. And I run to the insurance company. I get it and I'm taken care of. And yet I pay no premiums. Well, it's like, it's like your house is on fire and you go and you try to get homeowner's insurance. Well, you, that's what you're saying. You that's get, exactly what you you're saying. You get homeowner's insurance because there's smoke coming out the back door. <laughs> Correct. You know, right. You exactly. call and say, hey, I, I got a little smoke coming out the back door. Can you cover my, my house? And of course, under the this law, 
You ha- they had to. Correct. You have to have. You had to have mm. uh, insurance coverage. And so the reason that the that we think or that we hope that pricing at the end of the day, because of a new of a change in legislation, will go down, is that yes, you you can go without insurance. But when you come back into the market, you're going to have that thirty percent penalty, and that thirty percent penalty is basically sent to the insurance carriers to offset some of the larger bills that they're going to have because they can't ask health questions. No, that's, that's a great point. You, know, you don't, if it's an insurance carrier, you don't know. Now, look, I'm not defending insurance carriers. <laughs> no. I'm not in the, no, I'm not I, in no, the business of defending because them. Because I'm ready to push I'm just trying to explain. There. But the point is, is the reality is insurance carriers, if they're not profitable, they get out of the business. Or they raise prices. Oh, they, and exactly. the whole idea is we're trying to get prices down. And so how do you do that? And so that's kind of how this bill is trying to bring pricing down by saying, okay, look, if you keep coverage... We're not going to penalize you. We're not going to ever charge you more for pre-existing condition. But if you go without coverage, we are going to charge you that penalty when you come back into the market. And that's just to offset some other charges and hopefully keep costs down. You know, we've got a history of looking at this pre the Affordable Care Act, then the Affordable Care Act, and now trying to replace and repeal. Right. We would both admit that pre-Affordable Care Act, there were issues in the marketplace oh, plenty. at that time. Yeah, and, absolutely. And it needed to be fixed. Yes. So that was a, an attempt by the Democrats at that point to to fix. And there were some things that came out of that that were very good. Yeah, absolutely. And some things that were not so good. And now the Republicans are trying to do their thing. Do you think that in the next, in in our lifetime, (laughs) that we're going to finally get health care in the United States to something we can all agree to? Well, one thing that I like uh, that I see about this bill is they're getting rid of some of the essential minimum of essential benefit coverages that every insurance carrier must cover in order to have an insurance plan in mm-hmm. the market. What that did seven years ago is it said, okay, you have to cover everything. So if you're a 55-year-old male, not married, with no children, you still have to have maternity coverage on your health insurance plan, and you have to cover children's dental and vision. That makes no sense because we don't we don't need to cover that for everyone. No. If we can get rid of some of those essential benefits and let insurance carriers have some flexibility and what they choose to cover and how they choose to and cover it. And some people that want the insurance have Correct. some flexibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. That will bring more competition into the market. We all know if we have more competition, over time that's going to drive down pricing. And so I think that's that's the one thing that I like about what this does because pre-Affordable Care Act – we did not have protections in for people that, say, had diabetes right? and they lost their job. They, they, there was nowhere for them to go in the individual health insurance market. That needed to be changed. With this new bill, we still keep those pre-existing condition coverages in, but we also get rid of some of the overreaching regulations and say, let's let some insurance companies have some flexibility and let's let, let healthy people have some flexibility in choosing what type of plan they want so they can lower their pricing. Uh, so I think that's a healthy mixture of both, and we'll just see where it ends up. What do you think's next for the bill? What's going? To, what's where are, we, where are we headed? So what happens now is the the bill is sitting in the Senate, and the Senate can completely rewrite this thing. Of course, the House at the end of the day, what happens is the Senate goes and they vote. They figure out how they want to do this bill. If they want to rewrite it, then they have a vote on the bill. If they change it, the House has to sign off on their changes. <laughs> Which is it was it was like pulling teeth to get 216 votes yeah. for the bill to begin with, and there's different fractions with inside the House that can more conservative leaning people, the uh, Senate or uh, Republicans, uh, Republicans, yep. and the and the little more moderate Republicans, and so any changes are going to have to be signed off on the House again, and so that's going to be interesting because we've already had several congressmen say 
if the senator if the Senate changes it too much, I'm not voting for right. it. Right. So it it still it still could die in the Senate. So we've got plenty of shows <laughs> to go with this program. Plenty. But basically the Senate says that they are going to try and have this thing done and voted on. By the end of the summer, they go for recess in August. And they said they're going to try to have it done and voted on by the end of July. You know, you always you help us see it. And what you're telling us, there are changes. Don't get too caught up with it. and, and Don't get at, caught up yeah, in it. Yeah, the paper's telling you this. The news media's yep. telling you. It's noise. Correct. Because by the time we get through August... We may not recognize it. We may not recognize the bill. And some of the things, the provisions that are being harped on in the news media are, they look, they need viewers. Yeah. And they need people to buy slots of advertising time right. on their on their television shows. So just take that for what it is. We call that eyeballs. Eyeballs, yeah. <laughs> they absolutely. need eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the reality is, you know, it's political. And we wish that we could put the political side of this stuff out and focus yeah. on what happens with people. Right. And that's why I like it to go into the block grants to the states. Because yes. I do think when you get down to the states, to the counties, to the to the cities, to the you know, the, the areas, right. you're dealing with the And people. the one thing that I'll just say is that something has to be done. The the way that the the way that the current law is, is headed, Iowa's a perfect example. One carrier in the entire state could have none by the wow. end of this year. Something has to be done. Yeah, something has to be done. You've been listening to Talk Money so far, or we got the rest of the program coming up after the break. Shannon Dyson's been talking about health care update. As always, Shannon, you do a great job really helping us see it and understanding. When we come back, we're going to talk about investment strategies and how to build a portfolio in with all the noise going on. Did it really affect you because... Mr. Trump is doing this and doing that. Well, build a portfolio that is Trump-proof. Let's call it that. We'll be back when you when with more of Talk Money. Stay with us. sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We've been talking to Shannon Dyson. And just to remind you, if you want to talk to Shannon or have him come speak to your group about the Affordable Care Act, give him a call at 757-5757. Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Benefits, and does a great job in helping people you understand the Affordable Care Act and what's happening with the plan that's in the House and how it's going to get cut to pieces in the Senate and all the things that we have to talk about when we talk about the Affordable Care Act. And he's a frequent guest and does a great job for us. The second half of the program, noise, noise, noise. Keith Quinn, Scott Jordan, they're not noise. Well, they're going to talk about noise. I mean, you know. I think that was the implication. Wasn't <laughs> yeah, Scott? Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Bringing on the noise, yeah. yeah. I'm not bringing on the noise. I'm telling you guys, you guys are frequent guests. 
guest of ours, do a great job. We're talking about investment strategy and the portfolio of construction. And I mentioned to you before, just before we took the break, Trump-proof. Now, Keith, I'm asking this question because I know the media beat the daylights out of that on Thursday when the market did some things and dropped a little bit, that it was all, everything was because of Trump. Now, help our listeners understand that the president, the, the you know Congress, poli- politics doesn't drive the market. Now the market may jump or something like that, and we might say a little bit of that for, right. for Thursday. But explain to us because I think people need to understand the market is really apolitical. It, it really is, and you know the story that came out, and it was all about the you know the special counsel that's going to investigate the, the potential collusion with Russia and the firing of James Comey and things like that. That's all very political, and the market doesn't care about that. But what the market does care about is earnings, and the market cares about tax cuts. So when you see these stories that get in the way and kind of cloud the narrative and take the focus away from doing things that the market is focused on low uh, regulatory reform, tax cuts, things like that, then that does become something the markets pay attention to. And that's the noise. That's the noise, Uh, because the the markets, again, the markets care about the health of companies, and these things would potentially be a tailwind for corporate profits if we got some sort of tax reform, if we got some sort of regulatory relief. So the market is focused on things like that, and anything that gets in the way of that and puts it, you know, further out on the horizon is is potentially a big deal for the market because a lot of this stuff has been priced in. Again, that's a good point, and I know the first quarter results of earnings really did, good did a good job, and that's what we have to understand. the The market movement that we've seen seen since the election. I mean, you and I have talked about this. A lot of people said, "Oh, it's all because of Trump," and right. the reality is, we saw that beginning when the third quarter of twenty sixteen. The earnings were positive, and see, saw, and it's we've had a long eighteen month earning recession. Uh, we really had, and then we started getting positive earnings growth, and in the first quarter, earnings grew over thirteen percent. And I think Bob Dahl came out this week and said, you know, tax reform would be icing on the cake, but it's not the cake. The cake is earnings growth uh, that the economy is fundamentally sound. All right, guys, now let's do this for our listeners. I, I want them to really get this. I want us to make sure that we up because I, I use the term Trump proof, and I I use that because of the noise, and and that's what we see a lot. But we're really not into trying. We don't even think that. Away, and I want to make sure I clarify that that is just that was just something to say because of the noise. But we're talking about building a portfolio, a strategy that where we construct it based on individual needs and desires. It goes back to the whole idea that what we do at Shoemaker Financial, when we do a plan, it is about what is your desire, what are your dreams, what are your goals. We're focused on that. And when we build a portfolio, that's the same thing. So, Scott, again, help me understand, when we think about through this process of investments and portfolio construction, it's a part of a person's overall financial picture. It's not just a little part, right? Absolutely. Before we ever get to talking about portfolio construction, how we're going to invest money and all those types of things, we're really having conversations about what you just spoke about, the goals, the dreams. The aspirations, what are you trying to accomplish? And then we help them get organized and and kind of examine their current financial reality and say, okay, here's where you are. Here's where you want to be. How do we get there? You know, and and so many people, when we sit down with them, uh, it's amazing. Uh, They they have some 30,000-foot ideas. Sure. But it's been very hard for a lot of people to drive it down. Now, guys, let's just philosophize for just a second. You know, when we sat down with someone and we're working through that process, right. and back to the clarity and trying to get some help and understanding, 
You know, I, I get a sense, and, and help me understand if I'm on the right path with this, that people, when we're talking to them, because of the noise, and I know I'm, we're focused on that, because of the headlines, because of the media, because of the Affordable Care Act, because of what's happening in Russia, because of all of that stuff, it's difficult for them to get down to where they need to be in order, I'm talking about down to the street level, to make things happen. Do you all agree with that? I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and also noise from peers and friends. You know, they hear one person's doing a certain thing and they're doing better. And then it's, oh, should I be doing that? Yep. Just things of that nature. Well, and you get it. You know, it's all about emotion. So we've seen the headlines this year. And, and recently it's been the NASDAQ. NASDAQ sets another new high. NASDAQ sets another new high. So number one, that makes you think you're missing out. And then you get the terrible news. Trump's going to crash the market. That makes you think you've got to get out. So, you know, the headlines are just really hard to ignore because they're right in your face constantly, 24-7. And they just don't mean that much. And that's what the, creates the problem. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean anything in the terms of a long-term investment plan. When you're talking about decades, uh, it does not matter what happens today or tomorrow. I think what I wanted before we go to the break is we're involved in helping people create a strategy that mitigates that risk, that sure. noise, that thought process, and we focus on their goals and 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 I help we hold them accountable. And, and, you know, when we think about that and we define a strategy, there are no guarantees in investing in the stock market. We're going to talk a little bit about risk, and there are lots of risk depending on how you want to invest, how you want to allocate your portfolio. But what we want to do is design a portfolio that gives you the highest probability of reaching that goal. Mm, that, that is, that's the key. Highest probability of staying, helping you stay focused, accountability. Scott, you and I had a recent case where, where the client was listening to a lot of news. You actually mentioned the outside noise, the peer pressure and all that going on. And, you know, it, it lasted for three months. I mean, it sure. was back and forth, back and forth. And, and ultimately, great story is the fact that they begin to understand. But the noise can create all kinds of inner problems. And I, I think that's key. And I think if we can keep people from making big, big mistakes or even little mistakes incrementally throughout their lifetime and keep them on track to what they're trying to accomplish, not – Beat the market or, you know, beat the S&P or the Dow or whatever's flashing across the CNBC screen, but stay focused on their goal and achieving that. And, and, that, and that's key. that makes a difference Absolutely. for a long term. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Keith Quinn and Scott Jordan. We're talking about investment strategy and portfolio construction. When we come back, we're going to talk about understanding risk. Risk tolerance, then that's, of course, the willingness to take risk and liquidity needs, your taxes, your time horizons, all that comes into how you put together a portfolio. So it's important because we're going to actually lay it out for you. How do you go through the process of developing a portfolio? I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Hulk Money on KWAM. We'll be right back after this. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Despite its uniqueness, Memphis shares a great deal in common with its southern neighbor, Jackson, Mississippi. Founded within two years of each other, both cities were inseparable from the legacy of Andrew Jackson, who co-founded Memphis and in whose honor the new capital of Mississippi was named. Although, like Memphis, Jackson was founded on a river bluff, it is the only state capital to be built over an extinct volcano. 
Both cities were captured by Union forces in the early days of the Civil War, but Jackson bore the brunt of the fighting and was burned to the ground three times. The very few buildings that were left standing in the aftermath were for the most part either Union Army positions, including the governor's mansion, or structures used as civilian hospitals, such as Jackson City Hall. Today, Jackson is a regional medical hub known for many medical innovations, including the first successful lung transplant. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. And I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do and the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate. It's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Member FINRA, SIPC, Schumacher Financial is independently owned and operated. Advanced Capital Management and Securing Financial Services Incorporated are affiliates. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. I'm talking with Keith Quinn and Scott Jordan, and uh, we're talking about how to build a portfolio with all the noise that goes on that you're listening from the printed media to the telephones to, I mean, everything. I mean, people talking to you, your peer group, the the, the 5 o'clock news and all those things that happen. And it's difficult in today's world because years ago, you only got your source from maybe three or four sources. Today, it's 24-7. You can't, if it's a bad day in the market, you're going to get plummeted with it. I mean, just beat up about it. And at some point in time, you lay down, put your head on your pillow, and you go... Am I in the right thing? Is it going to all go away? You know, and that kind of stuff. And those things happen, folks. And, you know, I, I get it. I get that pain sometimes because it is part of life. But I think we've been doing this a long time, and I would like to think we're professionals. Knowing how to help you get through that risk tolerance, how do you get understanding, to, you know, get through the, your understanding of that to, the whole idea of, of what is a plan all about. Scott, let me ask you this. When we talk about risk tolerance, of course, the willingness to take risk, it's different for, for different people. It is. It's very different for different people. And we talk about this all the time. In, a, in an inflationary economy, just about everybody we talk to has to have a little risk in their portfolio in order to reach their goals. Okay. I mean, you're dealing with uh, combating inflation, rising cost of living. So risk is – it has to be there, and it's an emotional thing. But it's not just market risks. There's also the risk of not achieving the goals, you know, longevity risk, how long I'm going to live. This portfolio has to last me 30, maybe 40 years. Um, you know, sequence of returns risk is important when you start looking at taking money out of the portfolio. So what do you mean by that? I mean, let's make sure I understand. Well, in, the market doesn't go up in a linear fashion, right? Okay. You know, it may be positive 10% this year, maybe negative 20 next year. We're not going to get a, a straight, you know, we look at average returns, say, well, the market's done, you know, whatever figure, 9% over. Right. But, you know, every year it's not going to do that. So sequence of returns becomes very important when you're starting to draw money out of the portfolio. So, so let me make sure everybody understands. We have to be willing to understand sequence. In other words, the ups and the downs right. is just the normal market. It's normal, very normal. Okay, we talked about inflation risk. What about uh, other risks that you're talking about, Keith? 
Well, and, and Scott said, you know, the risk of not being aggressive enough that's where you hit your goals if you're a little more concerned. And I think, you know, when we're talking about risk in terms of market risk, then we're thinking more about volatility. And then yep. I come back to our old saying that, you know, risk is the risk of a permanent loss of capital or inability to earn a rate of return that outpaces inflation, as, as Scott was talking about. So if you own an individual company in the market, you are taking on WorldCom risk, that that company would go out of business and it would be a permanent loss of capital. But volatility is a normal part of the market. So if we we see corrections, and we call a technical correction a pullback of 10%. That's something we typically see about every 14 months, so it just periodically happens. That's not necessarily risky, but it's something that we have to understand so we can manage our emotions when we go through that time and realize that for our long-term plan, this is not a problem, and if we're putting money into the market periodically, it's a great thing because we get companies that go on sale. Okay, all right. Now, let's put this in perspective. If you've been listening, we've been talking about investment strategy and portfolio construction. The first part we talked about is understanding that you need to have a plan. It just doesn't happen. You need to have some desire about where you're going. What what is what is my desired results? Do I want to have this or this? What am I willing to give up? What am I willing to ask for? Choosing your portfolio, the whole idea is around what is your desire to have in the portfolio? That's the first thing. Then the understanding the willingness to take risk. And we've talked about whether it's market risk, interest rates, the whole idea of returns, and, and just knowing, I mean, not having enough invested to, to reach your goals. Those are risks. So if you understand your desires and goals, that's number one. Time horizons, what are you doing there? Number two, risk that you've got to be willing to say, I can sleep at night, I can put my head on my pillow and go to bed, not worry about my investment. Those two premises start All right, Scott, start with that. How do we do portfolio construction and investment management, really, the reality with time-tested principles? Well, you you just you said the key word. It's time we we develop them based on time tested principles of modern portfolio theory, and that's really where you're just trying to optimize the return for a given level level of risk. You know, starts with asset allocation. High, what percentage am I going to put in stocks versus bonds versus cash, and maybe some other categories like real estate and natural resources. So so asset allocation. Now, Keith, we've talked about this. So many people, when he said the modern portfolio theory, right. you and I both know exactly what that sure. means. Give us the 30,000-foot view understanding that, but I'm going to come back and ask you what's the deal between that, the modern portfolio theory, time-tested principles of asset allocation, and market timing. Right. So Harry Markowitz came up with modern portfolio theory, and it basically says that certain asset classes are going to work independently of each other. So if you combine these asset classes, it's going to essentially smooth out the ride for a portfolio and give you the best risk-adjusted return. So that means exactly what Scott said. So what percentage do you put in your portfolio into bonds? What we talk about is fixed income. What percentage do you put into equities, which is just going to be stocks of companies? What percentage do you put into cash? What percentage do you put into alternative investments? That's what Scott had said natural resources, real estate, things like that. And if you get those percentages right, then that gives you the optimal return for the risk level that you're willing to take on. And that's ultimately what modern portfolio theory is all about. And that's a critically important decision. That's critical for people to understand that because I remember back in the 80s where we entertained as a firm doing some market timing. We went outside, hired a couple of consultants, two different, I mean, testing them. And tell us about what's the difference between modern portfolio theory and asset allocation and market time. Right. A modern portfolio theory and asset allocation is designed to, to, to stand the test of time. So it's designed to work over time. Market timing is designed to get you out of the market at the right time and back into the market at the right time. 
The idea of market timing, being able to get out and avoid the dip, being able to get back in and get all the gains is great. I would love to be able to do that. Theory. But the problem theory. is, yes, theory. in theory, it sounds great, but it's just not possible. There are so many triggers that will get you out of the market, uh, but it's really, really hard to get back in at a lower price than you sold out at. And that's the key. And we have seen market timing just doesn't work. And the other thing with market timing is we understand that the market pulls back. We understand that the market has, at least so far in, in recorded history, always come back and made its losses. And we also understand that it has always gone on to set new highs. So if we understand all of those things, what we want to do is stay invested and not get whipsawed by trying to time the market. Go to cash. You might miss some of the drop, but you're definitely going to miss some of the rebound. Try and get back in after the market's already rebound. Well, all of a sudden you sold low and you bought high. That does not work. And the key is what you said it would be great in theory in theory it sounds great but you got to be accurate all the time <laughs> got it nobody is, is miss one and you've really made exactly a right mistake. Yeah. If you just tuned in i'm jim shoemaker you're listening to talk money keith quinn scott jordan we're talking about portfolio construction and strategy knowing how to take care of all the noise first thing we said asset allocation the modern portfolio theory there's more to come we'll be back right after this Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 90 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from The Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. I've got Scott Jordan, Keith Quinn. We're talking about diversification. We're talking about allocation. We're talking about portfolio construction and all the noise that we have to put up with day in and day out. And this past week, there was a ton of noise, and it affects us how we think. And, you know, you lay your head on the pillow, as I've said before. Can you rest at night? Can you say, hey, I'm okay with what's going on because I know my portfolio has the strategy that I'm comfortable with. I've looked at my risk. I've looked at all the other risk that's involved. I've looked at my time horizon. It's my plan. I've got a goal. I know where I'm headed with it. And therefore, I'm not going to get caught up in the emotions of what the media keeps saying. Diversification. Guys, we talked about first, asset allocation, stocks, bonds, and alternatives. Second, Scott, diversification. 
That's critical. You know, no single investment works all the time. So, you know, once you've decided on the proper mix of stocks, bonds, real estate, now it's it's going into each of those categories. And as a committee, you know, we work hard doing a lot of research, both quantitative and qualitative. We're trying to find those best-in-class managers in each of those categories to build those models around. So, you know, diversification, spreading that, spreading across different invest- investments to minimize that risk is critical. Now, you do both quantitative and qualitative. You mentioned Absolutely. the committee. Keith, you're chair of the committee, so tell right. us what that, when he says committee, what are we talking about? Right. We have an investment committee at the firm that we meet at least quarterly, more often if we need to. And what we do is we evaluate the investments in our portfolio, and we evaluate the investment managers that are managing sleeves of our portfolios. Now, one of the things that we always try to think about, and I would encourage our listeners to think about, is when you listen to investments now, there are a lot of great stories out there. There are a lot of managers that have a really good story about how they're going to beat the market. But a portfolio of your best ideas is not always your best portfolio. So it's how all these guys work together in the context of a portfolio. That's what we really look at in portfolio construction. You know, Scott said one idea won't work all the time, and that's exactly right. And plus, we're subject to recency bias. So the U.S. has done really well over the last seven years. Does that mean it's going to continue to be the best game in town? Well, at some point, no, that will switch off. And I think it'll probably be somewhere internationally, maybe the emerging markets, maybe Europe, that they'll outperform the U.S. But that's why we want to own a little bit of both, because we don't have a crystal ball and we can't see what's going to be the best performer over the next 12 months. I know people talk about, well, well, you know, right now domestic U.S. stocks are doing great, so I want to put all of my money in domestic U.S. stocks. Now, I totally understand that. I get that. And and no doubt that, that you know, and if you look back at the last seven years, that's probably a great investment. The problem is we know that that would cause you, if it did turn and it was not the best investment and you stayed there, then you're in the wrong side. Now, I know people talk about, well, I'll move out when it's not. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? That's Back to market timing. Yeah. Yeah. Back to market. Yeah. So tell me, what do you really say when I say market timing? Well, and, and that's the thing. So you think market timing, well, I'm going to be all in the U.S., but then I'll get out when it starts to go south. Well, no, you won't. You'll ride it till it goes down and you'll miss the, the rebound in Europe. And you've got to remember, take all this in the context of history, because History is what we have to look at. So from 2000 to 2010, a 10-year period, you would have had a negative average annual return if you had invested in U.S. large cap stocks. So that's the kind of things we have to keep in the back of our mind, that we just don't know what the next 10 years is going to be like, and that's why we diversify. But yes, trying to get into one asset class when it's going to go up and out of another, and I'm going to be all in this or all out of that, just typically doesn't work. Because if you could time it like that, somebody would have figured out how to do it. And I and, promise you no one has. And nobody has. They may talk about it, but yes, that's and the they get lucky, as you had said in the break. You may get lucky once or twice, but to do that consistently is the key. All right. We've talked about asset allocation, how to put it together, stocks, bonds, and some alternatives, cash or whatever. Now we talked about the idea of diversification, and that's the just making good managers, large cap growth or small cap stocks or, you know, European stocks or whatever. That's diversification. Finally, Scott, both, you know, what are we talking about when I say the whole concept of rebalancing? Rebalancing, you know, naturally throughout the year, different asset classes are going to perform better than others, right? So rebalancing, and and we do it probably at least annually, maybe more often if need be. But what you're doing is you're you've decided on that asset allocation in the beginning. Now certain asset classes have outperformed or underperformed. Now you're just shifting back to that original allocation that you started with, and that means sometimes you're selling high. And buying low. It Which means is you're good. doing what you're supposed to do, okay, right? Is that but right? sometimes it's counterintuitive because you're selling the winner and you think, man, I don't want to sell I don't that. He's done so good. Right. Yeah. And you're buying the loser. 
So, okay, guys, that, that's rebalancing. So three things to do when you put the portfolio together. Number one is asset allocation. And I think, you know, even, and that's all driven by what Scott said. It's all about your goals and it's Absolutely. all about how long you've got Absolutely. to accomplish those goals. Diversification. Then you want to diversify each section of the portfolio into different areas of the market. You want to own some U.S. stocks. Yep. You want to own some international stocks. You want to own some international bonds. You want to own some corporate bonds. You might want to own some mortgage-backed bonds. You've got to diversify. And be careful. They'll get caught up in the thought of trying to time the market. Don't Absolutely. time the market. Know what you own. Definitely know what you own so you can understand the risk you're taking on in your portfolio. And Scott, you said rebalance. Just make that a habit. Make that a habit. That should be part of the annual review. Rebalance the account. Well, you mentioned annual review. That's always the case. Holding someone accountable with what their portfolio is is our job. They've set their dreams, their goals. They know what they're trying to do. Our job is to help them get through the process of the noise. Guys, thank you so much for today's program. Great job. Appreciate what you do. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And Scott, you know, you always do a good job with us. Keith always does a good job. But I tell you, the guy that comes out as a star, guys, always, Shannon Dyson. He's the vice president of benefits, and he does a great job. I don't like talk- following <laughs> Shannon, by the way. That's, that's <laughs> we talked about health care updates. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You've been listening to Talk Money. I want to thank, of course, these people that make the program work. Our producer and board operator, Gil Worth. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moscovich. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier, Drew Johnson. You're listening to Talk Money. Thank you so much for being a part of today's program. We're every week helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker, Keith Quinn, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.